Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Nerd Pod Generations episode 109. As always, I am one of your illustrious hosts, Steve Taylor, along with the lovely, lovely Er due to his new haircut, Al Judson. Hello, friends and honors. Hello, sir. Yes, I no longer look like the hermit that I actually <laughs> am. I, I, I cut my hair. I can see light in between yeah. your head and the Yeah, I, the cut, I, I cut my hair. And then yeah. it was funny because for about two days, I still had like the full mountain man beard that I nice. had been growing out. I, I finally spent, I think it took me about a good half an hour to trim my beard mm. to a point where it didn't look insane with mm. my hair. Yes, long answer short, got Careful. a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Well, you look lovely, sir. Thank you. Um, so once again, NerdPod Generations episode 109. So if this is your first time listening to us, please listen to some of our back catalog. we got a lot of great shows in the past, um, including I've, I re-listened to our Oppenheimer one because I've been... I don't know, I've been reading some weird things online about people being critical of... They're saying that the bomb was kind of downplayed in Oppenheimer. I was like, the final fucking line of the movie is him saying that we pretty much ended the world. How, how could it be down... How can know. you be... What? People are stupid. I that's, don't understand that. That's the thing I'm, I'm noticing more and more is too much of this population is too goddamn stupid. Part yeah. of my language. But it's just... Like, people are just finding fault in shit you don't need to find fault in. And they're they're taking offense at things that aren't the thing to be offended at. Exactly. There's There are things to be offended at that they cover why and how, and people are instead being offended by other well, things. Well, it's the same, same people who are offended with, um, like, movies that take place during slavery when the white people use the N-word all the time. It's like... You can't tell that story without that. Even though it is insanely offensive, if you're going to tell the story from then, you kind of need that because you can't have the the white slavers just being like, you rapscallions. No one's going to buy that shit. You know what I mean? It's like, as long as, as long as you're telling the story in a tasteful, respectful way and you're being historically accurate, like, don't be fucking birth of a nation yeah. like that's what you don't want to be yeah. but if you know if you're gonna tell a story like oppenheimer you gotta show some of the dirty shit oppenheimer's life was not a good person's life no. he was a very complicated and in many ways bad person and they didn't really play him off as a good person no i don't think that they did either no, i don't no, think that they play him as a hero nope. i think that they play him as he almost has that super villain kind of yeah. ism to it of we need to make this bomb because if we don't make it germany will so we got to make it oh no i have to do all this science and i have to do all this mm. stuff and everybody's like but like we're building a bomb and he's like i'm just doing the science man they can do whatever they want with it once they're done <clears throat> and then he sees the fallout literal fallout yeah. from that and he's like oh Shit. <laughs> yeah. No, if there's a hero in that movie, it's definitely Emily Blunt, if you ask me. Uh, yeah, Emily Blunt, I think also Florence Pugh, to some degree, is a, is a heroic Still figure there. I can't even think about her character yeah. without like, tearing up a little bit. That yeah, no, there's, there's, there's some good people there. The guy who is the friend who looks like he's going to play the next Doc Ock. I can't remember his name. Yeah, I can't remember his name either. I know but, what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was one of the good guys. He, at, yeah. at various times, says, like, listen, love you, Oppie. Mm. Can't do it. <laughs> Not gonna do it. Can't do it. Can't do it, man. I do still look back on that movie favorably. Yeah. I will say, after all these weeks. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You still might, still, I know, and we talked about this last week, you're still Spider-Man movie of the year. I'm still up. And I'm We're still gonna talk about it this week. is a close number two. All right, so we need to get into it. What have we been watching, playing, reading? Yeah, you want to um, lead off? 
I will lead off because I am going to talk about. I've continued my odyssey. You're with introducing my son. the children to the not the children, just my son. Oh, just Ethan. my daughter's not interested in him. <laughs> she has no that's interest why, in the galaxy far, her. far away. So we watched episode five, six, and seven. Now tread carefully here over this week. Tread carefully with at least five. Okay. Very... Well, here's the thing with five. Okay. And this is the problem I see. You know, and once again, folks, let me preface this. I know I've done this with everything. I'm not a Star Wars fan. Yes. But there has never been a set of films that I've wanted to like more. Mm -hmm. And I've watched them more than I've watched films I've liked. Mm -hmm. Because I so desperately want to like it. Mm -hmm. Here is... This is going to be with uh, Empire and Jedi. Mm -hmm. The two things I have to talk about. First one with Empire. This falls into the big problem Star Wars has. Is their timing of shit. Okay. This movie, mm-hmm. I looked it up in the nerd canons online. Everyone pretty much agrees this movie takes place over a month. And if you watch the movie, you would think it took place over three days. The pacing and the editing. Because even Luke, he says, oh, I learned so much in training. Where if you looked at it, you're like, you've been on Dagobah for like a day. How did you learn a lot with training? I don't know. I buy that Luke was on Dagobah a long time. The, the, the more confounding thing, I think, to that notion is how long... Were Han and Leia on the asteroid. But they weren't on it a long time because the Empire was still searching for them. They're, are they going to be searching for them for weeks, bombing and all that? So then the next question is, how long were they being tortured for before Luke finally felt it in the Force and went off to find them? Because that could be the part that the editing is letting you down on. But see, that's the thing. and that But that's the thing with this movie. The pacing and everything was so fucking all over the place that at, in reality if you watch it and really focus on it you would think the movie took place in three days I would say a week my my, my bets would be about a week because Luke does leave early yes and Obi-Wan is kind of panicking I think if Luke stayed there for a well, month well he leaves early but he technically left the exact same time the Millennium Falcon did because he's leaving when the last transport's taking off and the Falcon is leaving at the no, same time no I mean time. when he left Dagobah I'm saying yes. when he leaves Dagobah to go to Bespin, yes, right. He at that point, Obi Wan is like, "You can't fucking go!" Like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. And Yoda's like, "Let him go. Fuck him. He doesn't care. Mm. He's not real Jedi. Fuck this kid." And I, I, I get that as an idea after like a week mm. where you're making progress quickly, but at the same time you have this like panic moment of like, "I gotta go," and. I, I feel like if it was over a month, it's interesting because I, I complain about Doctor Strange picking up stuff too quickly. I, I, I See, I don't even look at Luke, though. I'm looking at the Han, Luke, Han and Leia and mm-hmm. Chewie and the droids. And if you look at from when they left, which they left Hoth around the same time Luke did. Oh, they leave at the exact same time. So when um, yeah. Han is, is frozen in carbonite. Yeah. You're looking at not a long time. See, this is the thing, is that if it is argumentatively a month, which I think is too much time, but let's say it is a month, if you framed it as... The way that the movie frames it is that these events are happening simultaneously. Yes. If you framed it as Han and Leia are doing this stuff... And then it's revealed that that all happened like weeks ago, and they've been on Bespin for like three weeks, 
and Han's been tortured on and off during that period mm-hmm. of time, which is why he looks like shit. It's really just at this point trying to draw Luke out. They're not torturing him to get information. They're torturing him to send wavelengths out mm-hmm. through the Force and have like, oh, Luke be like, I gotta, I gotta go. But see, I look at the rebuilding of 3PO then. Mm-hmm. Chewie would have rebuilt him in three weeks if they were on Bespin that long. He may have been gone for, I see, this is the thing. I think the... But you were saying how long did they torture Han? Yeah. Chewie already had 3PO when the torturing and they were captured. He already had him. Mm-hmm. And it's like... But that's what I'm saying about the timing. Like, yeah. I was watching it and, you know, that's the thing. When you're seeing it from a critical perspective... Yeah. The, some of that shit jumps out. And, yeah. like, some of the dialogue was really kind of... Like, the, I don't know how... I want to do a shot contest for every time... Darth Vader says, Obi-Wan taught you well. Mm-hmm. He says that to Luke. Every, like, every other fucking word is, Obi-Wan taught you well, Obi-Wan. T-. I'm just like... Well, but also think about it in the context at the time. At the time, most people knew him as Ben Kenobi, yeah. not Obi-Wan. And so you had this idea of, like, D- Vader really directly referencing mm-hmm. Obi-Wan. And also there was this idea in the, the script originally that Obi-Wan was going to have actually yes. killed Anakin Skywalker. He was the one that Luke and was told. So, like, I, I kind of get that, yeah. too. But I also refer to these three movies, A New Hope, Empire, and Jedi, as the Holy Trilogy. So I'm probably not <laughs> no, no, an no. unbiased... Exactly. And that's why, I, that's why I'm saying... You know, from this perspective, and once again, if people... And, and I think the biggest problem with the Star Wars, once again, unlike a lot of Trekkies, we can admit when it's bad Star Trek. Where a lot of Star Wars fans will... Like, un, not you. Yeah. Because you admit bad Star Wars. Oh, yeah. I see bad Star Wars. And I but, like, I'm listening... Like, I'm talking about other friends of mine when they're talking about Star Wars, and it's like they can't admit when something is wrong. Yeah. Or see, something I, is bad. I still have my own blind spots. Like, Empire, to me, is a perfect movie. Even at, yeah. after all these years, I've still watched it many, many times. I know that movie backwards and forwards. I, I can see where you're coming from. I always contextualized it more as a... a you know, events mm. taking place over the course of a week, maybe two weeks. I find it interesting, but I also look at bad Star Wars, and I'm just like, oh. Yeah, I know. Bad oof. is bad. Oof. And, and I'm not oof. saying Empire's bad. Yeah. I'm just saying, I just never really... I, I think a lot of our discussions mm-hmm. about how Marvel and Star Wars kind of... Their timings are so fucking off. Yeah. With, with how far years go by and all this. They're and, hiding in the shadow of the X-Men. Like, at least we're not X-Men. Where we jump decade yeah, to decade. Close, and it's like, but aren't you? Yeah. Aren't you kind of in that same boat? Because yeah. Secret Invasion, which we're going to get to, we're going to finally put a cap on the Secret Invasion well today. That is just we such a to. fucking mess. Yeah. It's just a giant fucking mess. And Star Wars, we're getting into the same location yep. of just like, what is time? What is time in this reality? Because it doesn't seem to mean anything. Well, and that is also my thing with Jedi, which this is... A negative that turned into a positive, mm-hmm. thanks to the prequels. Once again, I, I I went online to all the nerd sites and I looked up the timing on ages of characters and blah 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 because it just made me really think about it. I always hated after the re-release of Jedi mm-hmm. how they took Sebastian Shaw the at the end and put Anakin in there. Yeah, but Anakin Skywalker in at Return of the Jedi should be in his mid forties, the same age he was. In the Obi Wan show that that Hayden Christensen was in the in the Obi Wan show, so now they can just port his face over onto the new. Sebastian Shaw was pushing eighty <laughs> when he played Anakin Skywalker. 
He should have been mid forties. Wait, 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 wait. Are we talking about the guy in the the suit at the end when he takes the mask off? And oh, well, that, that's. Uh, are we? I don't think is is it the same guy as the Force Ghost? I thought it was. Yes, two it was the same guys. guy as the Force Ghost. Ah. That was Sebastian Shaw. That's why David Prost was so pissed. Yeah, he goes, I'm playing Vader for all this fucking time, and you're gonna get this guy who is almost eighty. I'm gonna yeah. say once again, the character of Anakin Skywalker, if you follow the proper timeline, should be like forty six. Yeah, which. Now it makes sense to see Anakin there because he actually looked a lot like he did in the Obi-Wan show. And Hayden Christensen was in his mid-40s in the Obi-Wan show. So it's like, that does make sense then that he's there because in reality, that's how fucking, that's what he would look like. It's true. I'll allow that. I don't love that Hayden Christensen horned his way into that movie in the first place. Well, he didn't horn his way. It was... What's this nuts doing it? Oh, I thought Aiden Christensen made a I big stink about I could, it. I could see that being a George Lucas I, thing. I would need to say, I, I don't know for certain, but I seem to remember there being a period where Hayden Christensen decided he was going to be Vader in everything. Yeah, I mean, he might have wanted to. I don't know if they would have definitely agreed to it. But, once again, knowing the age of these characters, now it fucking makes sense. And I'm not mad about that anymore. Knowing... That I didn't realize Sebastian Shaw was almost eighty fucking years old yeah. when he made that when they were in that movie. See, that makes sense when you take the the, the helmet off. It makes sense to cast an eighty year old for when the helmet comes off and he's having trouble breathing and he he's like, Let me look on you with my own eyes and you know, that scene, him being an eighty year old, that makes sense because this is a man who's been destroyed physically, rebuilt Frankenstein together and then been going around for another 20 years after that. So he's not going to well, look no, but good. but you think about it. He still looked very hated Christensen at the end of the lightsaber fight. Nobody wondered that. That doesn't... Uh, we're no, retcon. But... Field on the flag. I retcon. Know, I, I, you can't retcon canon. That's canon now. That That's show. retcon canon. I know. I'm not talking still, about retcon what canon. What I'm saying is Anakin wouldn't look... Like an eighty-year-old man, he might look like a disheveled forty-five-year-old man. I think that's a very accurate interpretation of what know. he would look like. I don't think so. After no. all that time under the helmet, no. and he only gets out when he takes his bath in that yeah. weird steam room. I think that he would look exactly like that. I would. I would say the Force Ghost shouldn't look like that because that doesn't make. Any I mean, sense. Palpatine looks the fucking same from uh, the end of. Uh, the Revenge of the Sith at the end of fucking Jedi. He looks the exact same. Yeah, Palpatine also deformed by his own lightning. <laughs> looks like a scrotum. Yeah, just, <laughs> and then he clones himself and then Ray fights no, him. No, 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 no. And I See, am, so, oh, 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 oh. I'm going to cite retcons. I'm going to cite retcons. No, but then just, when it happens no, to you. No, 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 no. That's not why I stopped you. I stopped you because I am coming to that realization that the next movie that we're watching, my son and I, is The Last Jedi. Yeah. And I have not watched that fucking movie since the theater because that is one of the worst pieces of shit I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, no, it's... And I have to watch that and Rise of Skywalker. And I want to fucking shoot myself. Yeah, I, I remember when I saw Last Jedi, I, I had not seen any trailers purposefully. I'd mm. stayed away from all trailers and as much promotional material as possible. So I'd seen, like, the posters and that kind of stuff. But no, no videos, no anything, nothing about the plot. So I didn't know anything about it. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. And it, it, looking back on it, it was very much like the prequels. Where I'm watching it, and I'm like, oh, this is good. 
and then you stop and you think about it, and you're like, is this so good? Bad. And then you think, what was that scene at the beginning where Hux is put on hold? Oh by, my god, don't! And then they're bombing and the stuff bombing, in the space, bombs fall, and then and no gravity. The, the lasers arc, even though they're lasers and. Benicio del Toro's in this movie for no reason. No, that whole <laughs> that whole plot line on the gambling planet has zero reason. Uh, uh, well, and then rolling into the Force Awakens, which was the last one we watched. We watched that last night. Mm-hmm. It really pissed me off again. Yeah, that you don't have a scene of Luke, Leia, and Han, and then I re- I, I didn't remember the scene. As detailed as I did now, when I watch it, when they get off the Falcon at the end, after Han dies, and Ray and Leia embrace instead of Leia and Chewie, yeah. and the thing is, Chewie walks by Leia, yeah. and they don't even acknowledge each no. other. No, and I was like, Fuck. and then once again, Hux and Kylo Ren, and I will this I will take to my to my dying breath. Are the two worst fucking villains. <laughs> Hux is just bad. Hux is and pointless. Po- he's pointless. And, like, it's so mustache twirling. Especially after, like, I did like some of the generals in the original trilogy because they were played like stiff British, not yeah. like these whiny, snivelly, like. I was like, this is bad. But then Kylo Ren is so fucking obnoxious. Yeah. I'm like, dude, you're really bad. Yeah. Like, the only thing you're good for is the SNL skit, the behind the the <laughs> undercover boss. You're fucking perfect for that. Yeah, but that's Adam Driver. That's, that's Adam Driver. That's Adam Driver yeah. being the best person on SNL since But, Bill like, Hayden. even the character showing his, like, little bratty side is perfect in that yeah. setting. Yeah. But, like, you're watching, the, I'm watching this, I'm like, God damn it. And it's one of those things... J.J. Abrams really fucked it up. It's one of those things where you look at it and you try and logic your way out of it and you're like, okay, so he he follows kind of the the Sith way, which is all connected to emotion, so he's just let his emotions out fully. He doesn't have any control over his emotions. But then you're watching a man throw a fit like a five-year-old and you're just like, this isn't scary or compelling. This is just, you're kind of like... Man, this guy sucks. This guy sucks. Exactly. <laughs> and then what also sucks, and this once again is just bringing up bad memories. I loved Finn. Yeah. And it's like him and Ray should have been a duo throughout the remainder of the movies. And knowing that that doesn't happen because you take this great character you built in this movie, who is. So brave that he picks up a lightsaber against Kylo Ren because Ray is hurt, and you turn him into the sniveling coward piece of shit. Ray, Ray. And I feel horrible because I love John Boyega, and it's like if anyone has not seen Attack the Block, I was going to say fucking movie. I was, that's exactly what but I was going to say. He is so great in this movie, and and it's like there are a couple poorly written scenes with him. But for the most part, I loved his character in this yeah. movie, and he was so brave at the end, and it was selfless and all that. And then you just fuck it up so bad. Yeah, yeah. I, it really is I frustrating. I really want to know what the meetings were like with uh, Ryan Johnson. I, I just, I want to know what that whole thing was. I don't know. I what want he was a documentary. Thinking. Like I want, I want that. You know, the documentary that they do for any movie that's a full-on fiasco. And 
I want that for yeah. for this because I gotta know. I gotta know because then everything after Last Jedi becomes damage control. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, let's patch this up. Oh, we can fix this, right? Oh, it's not that bad. It's okay. Oh, it is, this is so bad, but it's not too, too bad. We can fix it. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's Palpatine. Everybody, it's Palpatine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And it's just like, this, uh, guys, this sucks. Yeah. This is the worst producing I've seen in a long time. And then also because Snoke, you only see him in the... In the... <laughs> when you said Snoke, for a very real second, I was like, who is Snoke? <laughs> because do you remember one of the very few things that I heard anything about going into uh-huh. Last Jedi was the internet fervor of who is Snoke? Yeah. We're going to find out who is And there's Snoke that awesome is. picture of Andy Serkis in his motion capture suit sitting in the chair yeah. like scowling at the camera. And he was awesome in this. And I'm like, you tell me. You're telling me you cannot build a mythology around this guy now being the bad guy. Yeah. Saying he worked with Palpatine or something, or he knew Palpatine, and Palpatine trained him, and he was this unknown Sith that you didn't know about or something. But, Steve, that would be what the audience expects, and Ryan Johnson really just wants to thwart our expectations and give us a Star Wars that we didn't know we wanted. You know what I like about Return of the Jedi? <laughs> What's that? That was a great... That was a great sequitur from you. I love in Return of the Jedi for how much hate Ewoks get. I don't know if I've brought this up on this show. And for how much hate Ewoks get, they are the only characters in the Holy Trilogy that you see going from alive to dying to dead. Yeah. They really are. And you, I fucking love Ewoks. I've always loved Ewoks, but I'm of the generation that loves Ewoks. And God damn it, that is the coolest fucking shit. Yeah. And Ewoks fucking rock. And what they say when, and it's true, when you go to their village and there's all the Stormtrooper helmets on spikes, they ate those fucking Stormtroopers. They 100%. <laughs> so it's like, 100%. they ate Stormtroopers. Yeah. But here, here's my big takeaway from the original trilogy. And this I will stay, I state... Until the day I die. Yeah. A, George Lucas fucked them up because the thing that really made those movies what they were was the special effects, which by digitally remastering, making them digital instead of the practical effects, it greatly takes away from the movies. Oh, super. Like, it's very noticeable in a lot of these. Like, I haven't watched them in a while. Um, And then, if you take Harrison Ford and Yoda out of Empire, that movie would have been a dog shit. Watching it, Harrison Ford is 1,000% the best character in that movie. His oh, console. undoubtedly. But you take him out, and it's like there were a lot of scenes where I was like, it's kind of boring. But then he would come in and say something funny or do something awesome, and you're like, oh, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. And it's like him, and, and I, I, I think you could have had a different actor playing that character, but it's just Harrison Ford. His charisma in that movie especially, mm-hmm. and I think that's what makes Empire so great, because in the first movie... Everyone, and it is true, A New Hope, it's not written very well. These guys weren't big actors when it was made. You know, Harrison Ford was... He was American rising, Graffiti. but not Did not Had big. he been indie yet or anything like yeah. that? And so, you know, you know they, they, it's just they, they found these three that actually worked so well together. Yeah. That it's like, okay, so they made up for some of the poor dialogue and all that. Yeah. Empire, 
he is a bona fide, he is the movie star of this movie. Oh, yeah. And you're watching and you're like, holy fuck, Harrison Ford is this fucking movie. And then you go to Jedi and you're like, he does not want to be in this fucking movie. He, well, he asked them to write him out. Yeah. And, and you can that's, tell that's in why, every fucking scene. That's why he gets frozen in carbonite was because they were in the middle of contract disputes. Yeah. And they didn't know if Harrison was going to come back. And, and when I say that he didn't want to be in this movie, I don't count the beginning. I think the beginning part of Jedi is the best with the escape from Jabba's palace. The, I like Endor. The space battle's awesome at the end, too. Yeah. But that's when it, Harrison was looking more like, okay... I actually enjoy what like being in this movie, mm-hmm. and then they get to Endor, and he is sad that he fucking hated the Ewoks. <laughs> and you can so tell he his acting was just shit. Like he was just like meh, 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 doing lines, meh, and you're like, oh, he's see, I think that plays into Han Solo's whole thing at this point. Yeah. Is Han Solo at this point is when he comes out and ambushes the Empire and just shrugs. Yeah. Yeah. What are you gonna, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna do? <laughs> like that's that's his whole thing. So I think it plays off that Harrison Ford is like, I don't really want to be here. I think all. it plays into it. Jedi is just a, a confounding mess of a movie in a lot of ways. It is, but I'll be honest with you, I actually I really liked it more than I remembered. Oh, don't get I me wrong, would. I like it as a movie, but in comparison to the other two, it's it's so heavily bifurcated between the beginning and the end. Yeah. Like there's there's literally just one scene that holds it all together, mm-hmm. which is many Bothans died to bring us this information. And then they just go right into the next, you know, mm-hmm. the, the second half of the season, as it were. Yeah. And the second half of the season is all on Endor, and then it, it finales with the big space battle. I gotta say, the space battle and the Luke-Vader lightsaber fight are, in my opinion, the two best in the series. Mm-hmm. That Luke Vader lightsaber fight is much better than the one in Empire. I disagree. I really like the one in Empire. Well, the one in I Empire... think Empire is the way that it it was supposed to be. I think that's how lightsaber battles were supposed to look. But it was if you look at it, I'm not like the actual lightsaber fighting was similar mm-hmm. in both movies. It's just the emotion was more in this because Luke had the. You know, in Empire, you could see that he was fighting, but he still was very apprehensive and didn't mm-hmm. know what he was doing. He had the confidence in Jedi, and it made it, I think, a more emotional. And the music also, like when he is going after Vader and cuts his hand off, and they're mm-hmm. like really, pull- like it was. I remember I looked at Ethan. I'm like, "This is awesome." He's like, "Yeah, that's pretty awesome." Yeah, and well, that moment where he just fucking loses it, Darn! Yeah. <laughs> It's fucking like it's really, good. really good, <laughs> and it's and it's you know and and the the part where Vader throws the Emperor and like all of that like that whole scene I think Father Father yeah, yeah. I love those movies it was this, great. Is, this is the thing I love those movies yeah. so like anytime I see something that I'm like oh that's a little stupid oh that's a little badly written. Like, I don't fucking care because they take me right back to being an 11-year-old and yeah. watching it with my neighbor and my, you know, my brothers and all these other emotions. And I'm just like, this is fucking amazing. Yeah. You know, I get a And little... that's the thing. And that's why I could never fault Star Wars fans. Yeah. You know, I just so happen to be one. But Star Wars fans look at it, like you said, mostly nostalgic. I was going to say, I literally wrote a paper on this. There's yeah. a presentation on YouTube. I could put it on my website if I wanted to. Mm. That's just 
me talking about how Star Wars has begun to use nostalgia to bring people into the theaters. And I did it as my senior project in college, which means that it was released before mm-hmm. Force Awakens. And uh, it's very interesting to look back on now. Mm-hmm. But I, I still say, I said then, and I say it now, it still comes back to at the end of the trailer for the re-release of the Star Wars movies. Go back and watch it. Um, they say, see it again for the first time. Mm-hmm. That's the Star Wars method. That's what they're always running after. That's the dragon they're chasing. Is that if you watch this in this way, it'll be like you've seen it for the first time. Yeah. And it's the Holy Grail. Oh my God, it's going to blow your socks off just as much as it did the first time. Never mind the CGI mess over here. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Don't worry about these creatures that were added in that have no What is all this place. traffic going in and out of Mos Eisley? I don't even want to think about it. Yeah. Actually, the one that was really jarring to me that really stood out was when they were, when um, Lando, Leia, Chewie, and the droids were trying to escape Cloud City. There's a part where they're running where it used to just be a hallway, but then in the digital, they opened up and made it like a window or open area. It is not only shitty looking, but you can see the white outline around them as they're running from the digital mapping, and it's so bad. Yeah. And I was like, you fucked that scene up so much by putting that little bit in there. Turns out that the technology in 1997, though better than 1977, was not what he envisioned it to be. Nope. So unless you're going to go back and update this like the fucking don't, score don't of ideas. Metropolis. Don't give them fucking ideas. That's bad, guys. Don't give them ideas. It's bad news. And, it, and, you know, and I've been thinking about this a lot with some of the older sci-fi movies that I like, like like a lot of the Star Trek ones. Um, I'm starting to look at these movies kind of like Ocarina of Time, mm-hmm. Mario Brothers 3, where everyone's like, these are the best ever. It's like, just because they were the first, like I look at a movie like Blade Runner twenty forty nine or the new Dune and all that, I'm like, that's great storytelling and the visuals are spectacular. Like I, I'm kind of leaning more towards those movies, even though I respect and love the classics. To me, I can't say, oh, it's the best movie ever. These mm-hmm. are the best movies ever. It's like, kind of like to me now, where I, I still think Breath of the Wild is the greatest video game ever. You know. There were ones throughout the years that had that place. But yeah. then as the games and the graphics and the storytelling got better, I'm progressing more into... The, and I see these you know, I see these things where people say the best video games ever. Like, if you're going to say video games or movies, the most influential ones ever, mm-hmm. then yes. All Star Wars, Blade, the original Blade Runner, all of that. I always go back to Raiders. I think, Raiders. I think Raiders really but rewrote see, the book. The, Raiders still holds up because it doesn't have a lot of special This effects. is what I'm saying, though, is that it rewrote the book, and yeah. then everybody else spent the next 30 years trying to achieve what they did. Yeah. And at some point, it just became a new thing. You know, the, the Marvel method took over and all these other things that have happened since then. But Raiders... Like, yes, Jaws was the first summer blockbuster. Yes, uh, Star Wars was the first, like, big, Mm. branded, giant thing. Raiders fundamentally changed how movies in Hollywood 
See, or Raiders it? is going off of what you said about Empire. Raiders is the first movie that I could say that is a perfect movie. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is flawless mm-hmm. in every way. Yeah. And and then you put it, because like this was the other thing that I was thinking of, mm-hmm. is I agree with you in a lot of ways, but I think what elevates a lot of older movies in general mm-hmm. is context. You know, yes. like when you watch Citizen Kane and you're watching Citizen Kane as a modern human being, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, what is it? This this movie, there's nothing special about it. Who fucking cares? It's about a guy and there's a he's trying to figure out why this old guy said this thing. And that old guy was kind of a dick mm-hmm. and, you know, did some bad things. And why do people fucking care? And it's because you need to understand the context of how crazy Citizen Kane looks as a movie Mm -hmm. in comparison to everything else at the time. And those kind of contextual pieces elevate movies in their status. And I agree with you, and that's why the re-releases to me ruined that context for Star Wars. 100%. Because if if it was the old school way and you watched them and said, all of these were done practically, and in a time when it wasn't even thought to be possible... Then it would have a different meaning to me. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's frustrating. It's it definitely frustrating because it it started a trend that could never die because it was like a it's kind of like a lie. Mm. The the <laughs> George Lucas told a lie, and Disney has spent the last fifteen years trying to propagate that lie. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, but if anybody who saw the events as they were originally sees it, they're all like. But, like, this is a lie. Yeah. This isn't what happened. This isn't true. This is embellished and stupid, and I don't I like it. So, that's... So that is my Star Wars journey. Yes. Enjoy. Have fun. I'm glad you're in... <sighs> no, I don't want yeah. to watch those next yeah, two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've been bouncing around a few places. Okay. I rewatched Clash, Clash of the Titans. Clash of the Titans, okay. It's just a stupid, fun popcorn movie. It's... Back when Sam Worthington was the Shia LaBeouf and yeah. everyone wanted to put him he in was, everything. He was... It's not a good movie. No. He's but not it, a good actor. <laughs> but it's a fun movie. It's yeah. a dollar theater movie. And you're watching and you're like, that's Nick Holt. That's the Onion Knight. That's Le Chief. Yeah. What are all these people doing in this movie? But, you know, it's it's fun and stupid. I mean, you get the Liam Neeson, release the Kraken! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the whole thing makes no sense. The plot is razor thin. There are definite moments where you feel like, oh, there was a scene that was taken out here mm. that kind of tied this moment to this moment, and they just took it out because they decided it wasn't necessary. Mm. That, so I, I watched that. I watched... The kind of the opposite of that, which was the the Watchmen Ultimate Cut. Oh, I love that movie. It's really it's interesting. It's such an underrated movie. It's really interesting. The Ultimate Cut is very different, mostly yep. because it's almost twice as long yep. as the original. It's It depends on how you feel about Zack Snyder. It's very Zack Snyder heavy. Yep. Um, but I do feel like the additions make the movie better. Mm-hmm. The The whole thing with the Black Freighter stuff is really fascinating as an addition to everything mm-hmm. that's happening. It's still really fascinating to see a movie that is so closely hewn to the comic book to the point where they're picking up dialogue and other things. And then also kind of fundamentally changes <laughs> the end of the story. Yeah. And it, it's just weird. It's just a weird decision. To be like, yeah, we're going to have the line where they're both named Bernard. Mm -hmm. But then we're also going to kind of change everything that happens. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, but I, but, 
why? <laughs> I don't get it. The Nixon and Kissinger makeup is pretty atrocious. Yeah. I, I will say. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Uh, yeah, it is it is a fun ride if you have an afternoon. It's very interesting. No, it, there, it is a low bar, but it is my favorite Zack Snyder movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I still have a weird soft spot for 300 because it has mm. kind of a middle ground of both movies, Clash of the Titans and Watchmen, yeah. where you have a lot of funny, silly, but kind of fun action moments. And then you also have moments where you're like, is that Michael Fassbender? Yeah. That's Michael Fassbender. And isn't Holt in that one too? I He might be. I think he is in that too. He might be. Yeah. I, know, I know fucking Faramir's in it. Faramir's in it. Yeah, he's at the end. He's giving the whole <laughs> no, narration. No, he's, he's through the whole thing. Isn't he, he the narrator he, he's though? He's the narrator yeah. of the whole thing, but he, he makes appearances throughout. He did the Spartan training. God, do you remember Spartan training before P90X? Yeah. Before fucking oh, yeah. everything, there was the Spartan workout. Oh, yeah. But anyway, finally, I finally got to rewatch Across the Spider-Verse mm. with subtitles, and it was glorious, and I had so much fun, and it was so good. And I'll just say this. Sony can't leave well enough alone. I, it doesn't make sense. Credit where credit's due, I didn't notice it, right? I, I wasn't sitting there. I've seen this movie three times now. Yes. Twice in theaters, once at home. And credit where credit's due, I didn't notice anything dramatically different right but the idea that sony has decided to tinker and change some stuff i still understand going from theater to home why would you do it you finally fix the sound the sound is great now is it better it's so great the sound is amazing now what just don't do it don't touch it leave it alone stop but like you said it doesn't make sense a movie made almost a billion dollars so people love it why alter dialogue? Why it? change make stuff? Any sense. Why why repeat dialogue? Why change the actual aesthetic and animation and some? Like, I don't understand some of the decisions. Like, I haven't heard a reason for it. Have you? I have not heard anything except that people are starting to pinpoint more and more moments where they're like, "That's different. That's different." It just it, like you said, it makes no fucking sense. Yeah. Yeah, so, but I also still think that this whole thing is surrounded by conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly believe that Sony knowingly released it with bad sound to try and get people to come back for additional weeks mm-hmm. at the top of the charts and other things. And I, I really think that they have just turned this into kind of a, a circus thing. You know, it has almost that Morbius quality of like Sony's trying to play reactions with mm-hmm. the internet. And that's just not a good idea. That's just a really dumb idea. That's a really fucking But I also don't put it past Avia Rand and Amy Pascal, because they are two people that, kind of like Kathleen Kennedy, will just chase after dumb ideas, thinking that they are going to result in franchises for the next five years. Like putting Michael Keaton in Craven the Hunter? Mm. Did you know that? I'm not surprised. His vulture is going to be incredible. Of course he is, because it makes no fucking sense. But it he's made no be... sense in the end of Morbius. Yeah, and it's going to make no, no sense. sense here. So wait, if he's in there, that means Morbius and Craven are in the same universe, then? I assume that because that was obviously Michael Keaton's vultures in the Morbius universe. Yeah, no, I I already assumed that that was the case. Yeah, I assumed that all these movies took place in the same universe. Because yeah, be so Morbius keeps on name dropping Venom like it's something important, and it's not. It's yeah. just not, and it's stupid. That movie sucked. That movie was terrible. I will say this. My one last thing that I wanted to touch on with Across the Mm Spider-Verse is that once again, I found another thing. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, let's see. Let's pull out the list. Okay. <laughs> Genie length, where it just keeps on scrolling, of things that I don't like about Homecoming. <laughs> oh, nice. If you go back to the beginning of Across the Spider-Verse, mm. um, we see uh, Gwen's band. And this is a good film, so they do really interesting things. Like, there's a faded sticker, uh, or a faded print on the the drum mm. kit that says under the Mary Janes mm. because they don't say the name, but they directly give the name of the comic book accurate band because this is a good movie. Mm. Um, it says Property of Visions Academy and like all these really cool touches. In the background, you have Mary Jane, and she looks like Zendaya could look, and she plays like Zendaya could play. Mm. And I just look at it and I say, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't understand this decision. This is stupid. And now we have a proof of concept to show how stupid this is. She's on screen for literally maybe a minute and a half. Mm. And you can just be like, that could be Zendaya. This could be a character played by Zendaya as Mary Jane as a real thing. Mm. And you just decided fully not to do that. So that's cool. Love it. And it kind of goes with that meme I sent you where it's like, Spider-Man in the Homecoming movies... Always references Star Wars, but he has no idea that Nick Fury's Mace Windu. <laughs> I, I still go back to the fact that I, my response, which was that they they have made so many bad decisions regarding yeah. this child. Oh my god! And it makes me so angry. I finally saw a TikTok mm. or whatever the YouTube equivalent of TikToks are. They they were like, oh man, I was bummed that Tom Holland didn't make the movie, but I really liked Across the Spider Verse. I wanted to throw a bottle at this person, like. You're so dumb. <laughs> I hate you so much. You're the well, problem. That's the thing. Most. When was the last Andrew Andrew Garfield movie? Mayor's, Mayor's that Mayor's was 2014. Okay, so most kids my son's age, to them, Tom Holland is the only Spider-Man. I know, and it makes me very angry because he is the worst Spider-Man, mm -hmm. and not by a small margin, by a large margin. Boy has not climbed most buildings. Especially the worst thing they could have ever done is. In No Way Home, when they put Andrew Garfield in, who did such a good fucking job, and you're like, that's oh, the one I wanted. Look at him doing it. And, he's and, doing it right now. And he's written right, unlike yeah. some of the other... The whole thing where he's like, I'm not going to walk on the ceiling. I don't have to prove anything to you. And then she throws the bread at him. I was like, why are you throwing bread? Why are you throwing bread? And it's, it's just so like, see, good. this is what we wanted! And he's talking about the the this, the He immediately picks up, and he's that. like, oh, there is a multiverse and all this other shit. Yeah. And it's like, ah, this could have been so good. good. And, like, I know practically that there, there's some stuff, there's some rationales for some of the, the things that they do in this movie. Uh, the, the reason that most likely my, my beloved spectacular Spider-Man is so critically focused mm -hmm. on is probably because it's the one that Sony has the rights to that looks the best and is the most admired. I think the only other one that they might have the rights to is the MTV one, <laughs> which you're not going to get Neil oh, Patrick yeah. Harris, and no one likes that version. Yeah. I you know, I, I get that. You wouldn't be able to necessarily get some of the ones that were on Disney in this one, so you do the one that you can get because yeah. it's you know you have the license for it. I am so glad that Tom Holland is nowhere near this movie. I will take licensing reasons or whatever. I don't fucking yeah. care, but get him out of this movie. I was super thrilled because I finally got to go screen by screen pausing all the Spider-Men and women that you see in mm. the the Spider Society. I finally got to go through and I got to see some stuff. The one of the characters I I said I wanted to see, Mabel Riley, in here. She's here. Oh no, nice. she's in the backgrounds. She's here. Awesome. Nice. Fucking so cool. And there are other Miles Moraleses 
in the spider society. Mm. You see a few characters that are definitely wearing Miles Morales costumes. It's also really interesting the way that they've created the spider society mm. is basically to take like five body types and five costume color renditions and then just mix and match. <laughs> That's awesome. And so if you actually pause and you go through like every once in a while you'll see like a Maybell Riley or like there's a lot of scarlet spiders mm. but like most of the time it's just like different body sizes and variations and different types of costumes. Mm. So it's like the big time costume or the scarlet spider costume or you know one of the, the spider women costumes the, the Julia Carpenter spider woman mm. costume, you know. So like it's just different iterations of that, but mm. I still love it. It was very I mm. love that movie. I I can't help it. I still love everything about that oh, movie. Oh, it's a great movie. It's so fucking it's good. I noticed movie. that Rio when uh Miles goes home goes quote-unquote home at the end of the movie rio's eyes are a different color which is just like oh oh this is so cool i love this movie so much yeah this movie it definitely should be nominated for not only best animated film but best picture it needs to be in both categories oh definitely i think it's still oppenheimer's great movie i still think that this like you were talking about is one of those movies that will stand the test of time yes and will also be like it's just so of its own self mm-hmm. it's so unique and it's such a visual experience to go and see in theaters all mm-hmm. the gwen stacy scenes are so cool they're just so good and the stuff with the vulture also amazing and the writing also great but then you also have moments where when miles is told by miguel mm-hmm. that he wasn't supposed to get bit he glitches and in the glitch, he turns into the version of himself that has the Halloween costume from oh, the really? very first movie. Yeah. And then he goes back to himself. Oh, that's awesome. And it's like these little tiny yeah. blink and you miss it details. And it's like, this is what you go to animation for is because you can put all this so shit great. in here. That's so great. And it's, oh, it's a wonderland. It's so cool. Did you see the Emma Stone tweet? She put a picture of Spider-Gwen from across Spider-Verse with her hair like over her face alongside a picture of her now with the hair alongside her face, and everyone's like, oh, does this mean? Does this mean? And so now everyone's like, "Like, is she going to be Spider-Gwen? I, would, I have wanted Emma Stone to play Spider-Gwen for a while. She, she would be older could. than most Spider-Gwens, yeah, yeah. but I think that would be good and refreshing. And honestly, and I've been saying this for so long, I don't want him in high school anymore. I don't want the Spider-Lings to only be high schoolers. I want to explore beyond that there's so many other things to explore i still love i came up with this idea of when they first announced that spider-man was coming back home Mm -hmm. and they hadn't announced in what form and there was the rumor was that he was going to be going back to high school i was like i hope not Mm -hmm. and if he does go back to high school i hope it's as a substitute teacher that would be so cool Mm -hmm. is that peter is he can't get his life together because he's Spider-Man and he's still going around being Spider-Man. So he has this ceiling that keeps him from achieving his true potential because he is so devoted to being Spider-Man. Mm. And so, like, he goes from being somebody who could work at, like, Horizon Labs or the Baxter Building or, or fucking Stark or wherever to being a eighth grade chemistry biology substitute teacher Mm -hmm. and flash thompson is the gym teacher and he leaves because he looks out over the water and he sees that the aliens are coming down around midtown and he just leaves and then his movie begins with that scene and he comes back after helping out to keep 
you know, he's the one guy that helps keep all the aliens out of Queens. Mm-hmm. You know, he keeps them all from crossing the water, keeps them all on Manhattan. And he comes back, and he's been fired. And he's like, oh, why? And the principal's like, you left a class full of eighth graders during an alien invasion, and we couldn't find you. Mm-hmm. We couldn't get in contact with you. Why would you still have a job? Mm-hmm. And so now he has to move in with Aunt May. And it's just like, this is the movie I fucking want. Donald Glover as Peter Parker doing all this shit, fighting Chameleon because he has the face thing that they keep introducing in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and now in uh, Secret Invasion. Mm -hmm. And it's just welded to his face. He had some accident a la Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And it's just, it's stuck on his face, but he can manipulate it however he wants. So he can literally be anybody. Come on! This could be great. And instead, you're running around in this stupid world where Peter hits a golf course and he's like, what do I do? I'm terrible about web swinging and now I can't even do that. And I'm just sitting here like, you can jump like 500 feet at a time. But yeah, anyway. <laughs> we can't we can't go down that <laughs> rabbit hole. As is, we gotta get into everything yeah, else. Yeah, we got we got a couple big finales to talk about. So first is Strange New Worlds. Yeah, let's talk Strange New Worlds. Because um, if we have to cut anything, I want to cut Secret Invasion. Yes. Great episode. Yes. It did have that cliffhanger that I know you hate. It is a very Star Trek cliffhanger. It, but I was shocked. It was one of those like I Googled. I was like, is it only ten episodes or yeah. is there something else? And I it was like indecisive. It was like some people were like, there's no announcement for an episode eleven and twelve, but mm. there's some rumor. And other people were like, No, it's not until next season we're gonna get resolution next season. Which now who knows how long that'll be with the writer's strike. Yeah. That's the sad thing. Yeah. But it's a great cliffhanger. Oh my god, this is a great episode. This is a really good episode. This is everything you know me. I have been sitting here being like Oh, Gorn, show me lizard men in space. I want to see lizard men in space. And we finally got to see lizard men in space, and it was everything I'd hoped for. It was so awesome. It was really good. And I love how the three, because it's really three main episodes with the Gorn, I want to say, over the the two seasons. Yeah, this would be the third big episode with the Gorn. You start, the first one are like babies. The second one is more like teenagers. And this one, you actually have the adults. The first one, you don't actually see them. Yeah, you don't see see their ships. That's right. And then the second one, you have the babies through, like, adolescence. And then yeah. this one is adolescence, and then you finally see, see some adult adults. With Spock fighting the yeah. adult in zero gravity. Oh, that, that was, was such so an awesome. interesting fight scene. Dude, that was oh. so good. The only, okay, the only cheese, which I totally understand it, because she has to survive, mm-hmm. is that the only person that survives the destruction of the ship is... Chapel. Chapel. Which, which I, I also, that was my big gripe, yeah. is that, so so to anybody who hasn't seen the episode, the basic premise of the episode is, it starts with Chapel and Patel on this planet, and they're like, it looks like 50s Midwest Americana. Da, 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 da. And the cool thing about that is that was an homage to the original series where they didn't have a lot of money, yeah. so they would go to planets and be like, it's like a 50s, because that's all they could afford to do. And yeah. I was like, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. so... Uh, the Gorn attack this planet, and Chapel like beams to medical, just right as the before, Gorn attack, yes. and so now you have Pike being like, I gotta go find my girlfriend slash fiance slash person of interest, and you have Spock being like, What happened to Christine? And they get to the planet, and well, here's the thing: you gotta also there's this like it, like a line that they can't cross. That yes, they the can't Gorn actually... have, the Gorn have actually sent in diplomatic papers. Yes, and they've said this is our territory. Yeah, this planet's on this our planet's side. in our territory. Don't come here. 
Yeah. And so Pike is like, I gotta go. I gotta go. And they get there, and the uh, Cayuga is just destroyed. Oh, it's fucking <laughs> just fucking, fucking dead in the air. Just the saucers, like half a bit of stuff. Yeah, it's like a, uh, yeah, like a, a little more than half of the saucers there, and then the rest of the ship is just giant chunks floating in space. Yeah. And they can't get life signs or anything because there's this big beacon that's blocking all their, their comms and scans and everything. So they send some people down to the planet, and you're just watching as... That uh, scene with Ortega flying the shuttle, and he's like, you always said you wanted to be on an away mission. Yeah. She's like, yeah! Yeah, and, well, the- and then Ortega, Ortega just starts taking off plot armor like it's a thing to do. Yeah, she's like, "Oh, this is great, and I love everything, and I I've done this like a million times, and all these other things." And I'm like, "You gotta stop talking. <laughs> You're gonna die if you yeah. keep talking like this." Um, so I, but I love that scene. That was that a great was so scene great. too. So you have now you have the the away team and the bridge team. The bridge team come up with this plan. Where if they use the dish from the Cayuga and strategically crash it, the way that the that Ortegas got them down was by faking being debris. Yes. And so they're going to basically make it look like the dish fell out of orbit and just happened to crash into this thing so that they aren't breaking this ceasefire yes. with the Gorn. They, they don't know that Chapel's alive. And I do think that this was the part that I got a little like uh. see the only thing I could think of is Chapel beamed up after the ship was destroyed yeah and she appeared yeah because it, it Star Trek the one thing about the ships and they bring this up in generations when the ship when Kirk dies or goes into the Nexus whenever a part of the ship as long as there's power is blown away a force field automatically pops up yeah to seal it yeah. And so, like, that part didn't... Like, I can understand why there would still be some life support because it wasn't completely destroyed. Yeah, I, see, this is the thing. I didn't mind any of that stuff. Yeah. That was fine. My issue was solely that she was the only person yeah. on the ship. And to that I say to myself, well, logistically, they're doing a show. It'd be really hard to exactly. introduce five or know six she new survives. characters. So, like, you know she has to get off the ship... And it's too complicated. We don't have time to introduce a bunch of red shirts that may yeah. or may not get killed. And, you know, even if it's just her and a crowd of people, it's still too much. We're trying to do this alien thing. And, like, exactly. we can't have her and, like, ten children or whatever wandering around the, the streets of the ship. Uh-huh. And so, like, I get it. Practically, I get it. But at the same time, you're left with this idea that Chapel is the only person alive on the ship. Yes. And you're just like... But here's the fucked up part about it. They couldn't scan the rest of the ship to tell if anyone was alive or still, and they still crashed. The they still thing. did it, so they could have killed hundreds, if not thousands, of people. I know. <laughs> when they were going over this plan, I was like, "I don't know. Yeah. Are you like super extra sure that that everybody is dead on this ship? Like, we're like really sure that everybody's yep. dead, and." Uh, I guess that they were sure enough that they were like, we're going to crash this into the yeah. Gorn interference tower. The rest of the episode is just Pike on the planet doing Pike things. Oh, except there's um something really interesting happens here. Something that would make Star Wars salivate. Uh, is, uh, is it too late to introduce another legacy character to the cast and to have it be just... So good. <laughs> Scotty. Scotty. Again, where they're finding these no-name actors that crush it yeah. as these fucking iconic 
characters. Yeah, yeah, and he crushed it. Oh he my was God. so good. Let me make sure I get his name. It did smack a little of the Abrams, where he just shows up on a deserted planet for some reason. But his explanation is better in this than it was than in it the was Abrams, in the other one. Yeah, where his ship was attacked and destroyed by the Gorn, and they just happened to be in the same system. Yeah, and that's this was the, the nearest planet, planet he could, he could get, get to. to. Yeah, and it just happened to be that just the Gorn followed him. Not followed him, but yeah. uh, Martin Quinn. Martin Quinn is is Scotty, and man, he does a really good Dude. job. He's really Which, funny. Now I'm thinking about it, they are going to have to start introducing more because I read something about canonically where this when this takes place. They're only like one or two years out from Kirk taking over, mm. and so they really got to start introducing some of these other people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I'm really eager to see Scotty integrate into the the cast. Yeah, he's introduced to Pella at the end of the episode where Pike is. They they get back. Spoiler alert! Everybody, well, not everybody, gets back to the ship. Uh, Pike is like, ah, oh, Pally, you know, meet me in sick bay. She gets there, and Scotty has like this big thing in his arms <laughs> because he's he's hot wired this machine together to create this, a beacon this secondary makes, signal that yeah. blocks out the Gorn signal so that they can't track you. Well, it makes him look like a Gorn ship. Yeah. yeah. So he's going to hotwire it into the Enterprise, uh, and now he just met his new boss, who is also his old teacher. I, and her, her answer, he was my best student who I gave the worst grades to. I was like, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, no, I, I loved it. I also love that moment because the reason they're there is that Patel has been infected. Yes. And so Pelly shows up, and Pike is almost like, what are you doing here? Oh, right, you! I do need you. You go over here and talk to this guy. Yeah. <laughs> I, so but it was good. just such a nice small moment yeah. of him being like, why are you here? Oh, that's right. Yeah. But it ends on this cliffhanger where they are like, oh, we got to beam everybody out. And the uh, Enterprise is like, we don't have any life signs to beam out. And Pike is like, there's like 100 people down there. What are you talking about? And it turns out, funny story... Yep. The Gorn done did a scoop. Yep. <laughs> and the thing is, when they were beaming, because they show the the rest of the away team and the 100 people. Getting ready to beam up. When you see them start to beam, I was like, that's not an Enterprise beam signature right mm. That's a different fucking beam signature. And then when they said the Gorn beamed, I'm like, that makes total fucking sense. Because, yeah. you know, the Enterprise and other ships, that's the one thing I like about Star Trek is all of the ships that use beaming technology... The different species have different, like the Klingons is red, mm-hmm. but this one was like green and blobby almost. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck yeah. is that? Yeah, no, I I was sitting here, I had very Across the Spider-Verse vibes of sitting here being like, how are we gonna, there's no way we can wrap this up. There's too many things going on. Like the show's almost over, right? And this is the season finale? But it's the second cliffhanger where La'an, because she was part of the away team yeah. that got brought yeah. to the court, is now yeah. on. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I also loved that last week we were talking, like, is this, when are we going to see Chapel again? Is, is Chapel going to be gone? Chapel, like, we see immediately at the beginning of yeah. this episode. And then, like, the the whole thing of, like, did she die? Did she not die? I did love the Zero-G fight with oh. Spock and the Gorn. I will say, they did some pretty heavy lifting from Alien uh, with that one there shot of the tail a twice. a lot of Alien in this whole uh, episode. A lot. If I had a second complaint, that would be it. Was yeah. just like, similarly, if I'm going to criticize the Joker for being a pastiche of Scorsese movies, I'll give you one tail curl coming down from the ceiling. I will not give you two. 
at some point you got to stand on your own two Here's legs. the only thing where I'll I'll give them a pass. Ridley Scott, along with a lot of people like George Lucas, credit Star Trek mm-hmm. for giving them the ideas to make these franchises like Aliens. So them, it's like, well, you took from us, we're just going to take from you. Yeah. See, I'll give it to you once. Yeah. Twice. Twice was Twice is was a, a little, little much. much. It's a, a little much. much. So I, I that that's like my only thing is just like you got to be a little bit more creative in some of your storytelling yeah. elements here. Have there be more bodies around in the Cayuga when oh my God. Chapel's walking around. Have it be to give us more so that we can kind of put together what's going yeah. on. Which to their credit, Strange New Worlds is great at usually. Oh, they're fantastic. And it just it felt like here they had one too many plates spinning, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Just in the sense of like there was some stuff they were more focused on than yes. other things. I love that this is so bloody. Yeah. Like, there are the parts where they're walking through the different stores on the planet, and there's, like, guts hanging yeah. from the ceiling. Yeah. People like, oh. were exploded in here. Yeah, dude. People were eaten. Like, yeah. it, it was not a pretty sight. No, was this like, was this bad. Is the only thing I could give them not showing more bodies when Chapel's walking through is when the ship was originally hit and exploded... A lot of them would have been, would sucked, have been out. sucked out. Yeah, yeah. So I could kind of give it a little pass, but yeah. I, I agree. I, I agree with you. It wasn't a perfect episode. Like this wasn't episode eight. No, but it was in that ballpark. Yeah, this wasn't episode eight. This wasn't episode. Was it three? That was on and Kirk in the I past. Think it was three. It was three or four. Four, was four was the the memory eraser one. Yeah. I think those are all those are all technically cleaner episodes. Yes. This is a little more action movie than it is like a Star Trek philosophical yeah. story. But for that being the case, I still really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good. It was was, was still was very really good, good, very satisfying in that kind of way that a lot of shows. It's it's a very delicate thing. I remember thinking this with Dexter a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Of how you close out a season is a very delicate thing, because you have to wrap up the storylines in a way that's satisfying. Mm. Uh, but at the same time, there, you do want to leave that cliffhanger of like, oh, but something's still around the corner. Yeah. And when shows do that badly, it's so frustrating because it's just like, well, what was the fucking point of all of this? This I didn't feel that way. I would love to find out that there's a secret episode eleven. That is gonna drop. That's like two hours long. Oh, I wish there was, but I don't think that's gonna happen. I don't think it's gonna happen. And so, see, it's... my hope for next season is, as much as I do like Rebecca Romaine's character, as and when she plays as number one, mm-hmm. um, I hope they have the Gorn kill Sam Kirk, which gets Kirk, James D. Kirk, yeah, to be become. Number, number one, one to Pike because of, that's got to happen eventually because in even in the OG canon he was Pike's number one and that's why he takes over the yeah. Enterprise and and honestly like this is this is nothing against Rebecca Romaine I I don't like Una as a character I think she's redundant yeah it's she doesn't bring anything really interesting to the cast or the crew she doesn't have anything that she can do that no one else can do she like literally does because she has this power that allows her to Mm. basically um adapt very quickly to poisons and whatever you know extraneous circumstances so like she can literally do something that everybody else can do Mm -hmm. but in terms of emotionally she doesn't bring anything to the table that no one else brings i agree and that's why i'm grateful they don't really have her as being the lead of most episodes yeah she did the one where she was on trial was episode two yeah she's never she's 
never the lead of any other episode. No, no. And I still think she had too big a role in the musical episode. That felt yes. very forced. Which we went back. We've been listening to the music from that episode a lot. I'll say that there's the the three songs that I really like mm-hmm. are the the opening number mm-hmm. and then the Spock and Chapel really songs. Good. I think those are all really good. I think the rest of the songs there are moments that I like. Uh-huh. Uh, well, the Christina Strong one is great. The, hers is really good. I do wish. Like many of these songs, the lyrics were just a, a whisper better because some of the lyrics in that song, I'm just like, this is kind of silly. <laughs> when Spock's talking about doing algebra and, and solving for X and why he's the X, and I'm like, Ugh, I can see why this might yeah. not tickle some people's fancy. <laughs> Which, speaking of Christina Chung, her album dropped. Oh, yeah? four songs. Yeah, it's an EP. They're not the best songs, mm-hmm. but her voice is fantastic. She has a really like, good she's voice. She's great in yeah. the songs, but the songs themselves are not the best, yeah. which was kind of disappointing. Yeah. But I still own them now, so I, I, I got to check it out. I've been meaning to. I haven't yet. They all kind of have the same start, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. They all begin the same in this weird, like, kind of muddled way, mm-hmm. which... I don't know if I loved, but yeah, her voice is yeah. No, that that is definitely true. Yeah, Strange New World season two, I really enjoyed it. It's a solid day. I I think that there were some episodes towards the end that kind of didn't have the shine that the Mm. Apple usually has, but I won't hold it against them because they were trying to experiment and do interesting things. How Mm. do you write a Star Trek musical without it being too corny or campy? You know, how do you do? a big action set piece without going too far. Mm-hmm. I, and if anybody is going to criticize anyone for being overly ambitious, it cannot be me because that's my whole thing is just these projects that are way too big. Do you remember mm-hmm. the the student film I wanted to do oh, where I, I flooded remember. a room? I wanted to be like, oh, we're going to flood a room and like so everything's like floating and it's going to all be underwater. And you were just like, how? <laughs> how would we do this? <laughs> Also, a lot of our screenwriting projects where you it would have to be like five pages and you had like twenty six yeah, pages. I'm yeah, like, God damn it! How yeah, it? yeah. So I, I I can't criticize anybody for being overly yeah. ambitious. But if I if I did have a critique of the last episode, it would just be that you needed to work on a few things more and you needed to tune up a few things mm-hmm. more. Otherwise, I love this season. I thought yeah. besides that episode two was probably the most boring. It's not a bad episode. It's just really boring. And then every other one is a fucking banger. Yeah. They're all great. And I got to say, and, and you know, once again, I'm very biased, but I don't, I can't remember a TV show that I've ever seen that the first two seasons were so fucking good. Consistently good. Consistently good. good. Like even you look at shows like Seinfeld. The first season was so bad it almost got canceled, mm-hmm. and like and just other sci-fi shows that take a while, like even Game of Thrones, oh you could God, say the yeah. first season was kind of boring, and then it started to pick up in like the second and third when you started introducing dragons. And well, stuff. and like you also had the idea that Game of Thrones wasn't anything special until spoiler alert, they killed off Ned Stark. Yes, because that was like the moment everybody that's the was end like of the second season. That's the end, end of the, the first, first season. End of the first season. That's right. So that was the moment everybody was like how do you kill off the main character of your show at the end of the first season? And then the show became its own thing because then you had the Battle of Five Kings or whatever they call it. And it's like, oh, this is really interesting. I Mm. haven't seen a show like this where they're going to introduce a main character and have us really follow him and then kill him. Mm. And then have his son pick up after him and then kill him. Mm. And have his other son pick up after him and then kill him. (laughs) Everyone fucking dies. It's just like, oh, this is really interesting. But I, yeah, I, I really 
really love this show. It's you look so at good. so many shows, and it does take them a while to get their feet under them. And, you know, it, this is just all great, you know. They have the blueprint set up to have this show last easily ten seasons. Because you do one or two more seasons with Pike. Mm-hmm. And then have Kirk and the OG crew still call it Strange New Worlds, but have the OG crew mm-hmm. go off Pick on up. their mission. Yeah. And they could tell, like, they could take similar storylines and they can even do Khan again, like mm-hmm. the OG Khan one and all that. But it's like. I really wonder if they're going to do Khan at some point because Laon's whole thing is Khan. Yeah. And so you got to. You know, he exactly. I mean, you've seen young Khan. Yeah, so. you got to figure that that's something out there that we may encounter. Who's going to play Bones? How are we going to introduce Bones? I don't know. Can you de-age Carl Urban and have him play Bones again? I don't know. But then, yeah, I I don't know. Like, I didn't know if they could pull off Spock, and they did. But who are they going to get to play Sulu? Who are they going to play Chekhov? Yeah. Like, and are they going to introduce all of the old crew and have them do a season before you introduce Chekhov because that's what happened in the yeah. OG season series. Yeah. He wasn't in the first, I think, two seasons and then he showed up in the... Yeah. So it's like, how Is, are we going to do this? And Benga was one of the people that was transported to the Gorn ship. Oh, that's right. Is Bones going to come in as somebody to help Mbenga out because he gets a little banged up on the Gorn ship? He got embanged up. Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. That was a bad joke. No, no. I saw it there, and I was like, I'll leave it. Yeah. I'm always going to do stupid dad jokes. Yeah, no, I can't wait for that next season. Once again, who knows how long it could take. It might come out in 2026. Who the fuck knows? And there's so much with the writer's strike that is so up in the air that who fucking knows? The only thing I ask is, uh, Paramount, do not decide that you're going to get all Eye of the Tiger and just have a AI write the season just to get it out. I don't think there's any way they can do that. Don't fucking do that, because... Transitioning, I think that's exactly what happened with Secret okay. Invasion. We gotta get Secret Invasion. So this is going to be. I, I think the best way to do this is do just a series review. And yeah. We'll talk about the last few episodes that we didn't talk about yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This series fucking sucks. This blows, man. This is probably the worst. It's up there with Halo as the worst TV it, series. It really reminded me of Halo. Yeah. I was talking to Kelly before watching it today because I literally waited until today at 2 o'clock to start watching it yeah. because that was as far as... How many as, episodes did you have to watch today? I only had to watch two. two. I thought I had to watch four. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, there's so much. But there was only two episodes. And I was like, okay, thank the gods. When I realized that it was the finale, I was like, oh, thank God. After Nick had his quote-unquote suit up scene oh which was fucking terrible this show sucks it sucks and it it pretends like none of us have been paying attention when the entire thing that the marvel universe is based on is that all of us have been paying attention mm-hmm. and just so much of it is so stupid and ridiculous and i'm just sitting here like how is this the plot how is this the plot that you decided to go with because there's like a handful of things that I want to know and I'm interested in. You literally don't talk about any of them. Yeah. You don't even reference them. You don't even bring them up as a concept. Basic bare bones plot. Mm-hmm. Episode 5, Gravik kills his own men because they start questioning him. So he just starts killing them. And it turns out that this whole thing hasn't just been about getting the squirrels a new planet. It has also been about getting his hands on this thing called the harvest Mm -hmm. which is and they say it specifically 
during the battle for Earth, which I can only assume is Endgame, Nick Fury sent out a bunch of scrolls to collect blood samples from a bunch of Avengers, so they have all of this DNA on file, to which I say, some of these guys have been around for a while. But also, how is all of the DNA for all these in superheroes one in vial. one fucking vial? It's in one vial. I was sitting there like, at least be in Dexter where he has like all the vials yeah. in this big thing. Yeah. How is this all in one? V- this is so stupid. It was the dumbest fucking thing. This is so dumb. And so this is what the whole thing, this the is the original deployed, sin. What's the, the thing Kate Blanchett gives to Frodo? The, or no, gives the Samwise Gamgee. The oh, light yeah, of, the, the light of it. Yeah, that's yeah. what the file looked like. Yeah. I was like, she, okay, so he has the light of light. Yeah. <laughs> that's a file. yeah, no, it fucking sucked. Oh, it was so bad. It was so bad. Oh, and then, I mean, what fucking person on this planet really believed that was Nick Fury walking into the Oh, my God. I was sitting reactor. here. I was sitting here, and I said, at least have this be Amelia Clark. At least have this be Amelia Clark because it doesn't make any fucking no. sense otherwise. He wouldn't walk in knowing that it would fucking kill him, the radiation. It's like, well, no fucking way. Steve, I have an interesting question for you vis-a-vis yeah. the radiation. Um, because I don't think whatever computer wrote this knows how radiation works. Uh, because the very first episode they talk about a dirty bomb. That literally never comes up ever again. Nope. Never again. Never referenced ever again. The bomb is, but the dirty part of that bomb, never referenced. There's... Maybe 500 captives under this facility. Yeah. What about them? They've been here for who knows how long because they won't tell us. Yeah. Which was the only thing I wanted. How many movies ago were these guys picked up? Because they made it seem like Rhodey had been in there since before Infinity War. Like so that was a I need to Infinity know War. what this is. Yeah. Was Rhodey in Infinity War? Was Rhodey in Endgame? Was Rhodey in any movie? You know, was he being dragged because his legs didn't work after the fall in Civil War? Or was he being dragged because he didn't have the strength to walk on his own because he had been there so long? Yeah. How long had he been there? We don't know because they won't even reference it. Mm-hmm. They won't even kind of give it a passing reference where, like, maybe you could put it together if you look at the clues. There's nothing. Like, you don't get anything on Ross, but you don't get anything on Rhodey. Instead, we see a bunch of people who we don't recognize being let out of pods. I'm like, I don't fucking care. I don't know who any of these people are, and I don't fucking care. And you have this stupid thing with Olivia Coleman, who's the only good character in the show. And it was sad that she got the most play in the final episode. And also, I'm sitting there like, I don't know anything about this character. Is she a Skrull? Is she a human? And then you find out. We presume she's a human, Mm because she really doesn't like Skrulls. At some point, Nick Fury's like, you taught me that. So did she teach Nick Fury? Is she his teacher? What is going on? Why is she working with him? Why does she trust him? Because at the beginning, she seemed more like a gangster than she did an operative. Yeah. What is happening? And I'm sitting there like, are we going to get any answers? And the president recognized her, yeah. so he knows her. He knows her. And I'm sitting there like, are we going to get any answers on it? And Kelly's like, well, maybe they will in this episode. This was yeah. episode five. And no. Nothing. We get nothing. We get nothing in that episode. We get nothing in the next episode. Yeah. We get nothing except traitorous campaigns against the canon. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't usually say these kinds of things to be reactionary or anything. I'm so fucking pissed about the Super Scroll situation. Oh I'm God. so fucking pissed about this because it fully and completely assumes that we're idiots yeah. who don't care. 
And if it doesn't assume that, then I'm going to assume, as I know, that your quote-unquote writer, whoever this writer was, Mm -hmm. truly did not care about even the Marvel movies Mm -hmm. that have come out, let alone the original version of Secret Invasion. To anybody who thought this was pretty dece, pretty okay, had some moments, blah, 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 or even liked it, go watch Season 2 of Earth's Mightiest Heroes. It's a cartoon. It's an Avengers cartoon. It's fucking amazing. And they do Secret Invasion. And you fucking get it. Mm-hmm. You get the power and punch of Secret Invasion when Captain America has to rally a bunch of heroes and villains together to get off a scroll ship which is floating in orbit that he has been on for he doesn't know how long. You know? Meanwhile, the invasion's actively happening. Mm-hmm. And the only Avenger on the ground who trusts anyone is Carol. And it's... You could do so many cool things. It's right here. This is how you do it. No, we're not going to do any of them. We're not going to have any superheroes of any kind. And then we're going to have Nick Fury be like, we have to fight our own battles. The entire fucking point of Of all of this. That's right. The entire fucking point of all of this (laughs) is that you are incapable for fighting some battles. And you need gods to step up and help you. Which was his speech to the board in Avengers when he was talking to the board. What the fuck are you talking about? That was so dumb. What the holy fuck are you talking about? So this Nick Fury doesn't know when a Skrull is lying to him. Can't tell when someone is or isn't a Skrull by sight, even after working with them for 30 years, closely for 30 30 years. Has no idea how many scrolls are actually on the planet. Apparently, the only reason he hasn't been able to find a planet anywhere in the universe is because either it, A, doesn't exist, which is bullshit because the universe is infinite. You can definitely find a planet. We have seen how big it is in Guardians. There's no fucking way. Or it's a political thing with the Kree where they can't find a sector of the universe that is Kree-friendly so they can take the scrolls and put them there because the Kree, I guess, will attack any planet that they put the scrolls on. We don't know because this should have been the plot of the show, but it fucking wasn't. They don't bring it up until literally the very end of the show. Mm. Nick Fury is talking to his wife as they're about to get on board a spaceship and go back up into space. And he says, hey, some good news. The Kree are open to peace talks. And I'm sitting here like... Was that why we couldn't find a planet this whole time? Was because Kree peace talks? Because that was not in any way elicited to us at all yeah. throughout this entire show. But then again, you can't decide what color fucking scroll blood is. Because sometimes it's red and sometimes it's purple. And it makes me really angry because there's no sense to it yeah. at all. At one point, Olivia Coleman shoots Vincent Van Gogh. In the leg. By the way, he's already in the MCU. He plays a, an Irish mobster oh, in Daredevil. Yeah. That the Punisher kills. Fine. Whatever. Fine. He's here. This happens. This shit happens, even though it makes me crazy because that's the kind of shit you gotta take care of. So she shoots him in the leg to prove a point that he's a scroll. And his blood is red. And then his he turns into a scroll. And everybody's like, oh, and his blood is still red. And then we start headshotting some scrolls. And their blood is purple. And I'm like, so is it, is it just that he's actively trying to change his blood even after being shot and turning into a scroll to I look just, red? I just want to say I appreciate you calling uh, Tony Curran uh, Vincent Van Gogh <laughs> after Doctor Who. I appreciate that. I really, I my, my nerd heart was very happy yeah. to feel that. But uh, that's all I know him. Every yeah. time I see him, I've seen him in a few things. Every time I see him, I'm he like, was, oh, uh, Van Gogh's here. 
the baddie in the second Underworld movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember what his name was in that, but... Yeah, just Krom. Marcus. We'll call him Krom. Marcus or something like that. Yeah. Um, Zardoz. Yes, Zardoz. <laughs> um, no, but anyway... So, as if all of this can't get any worse, you have a long monologue between Gravik and quote-unquote Nick Fury, and they're in the chamber... Because that's what you do, right? Nick has this one vial that has over 40 people's DNA in it, because that makes fucking sense. And all of them are metahumans, even though some of them would have access to technology or magic that would preclude them from being useful in this particular situation. Uh I'm looking at Ant-Man, Iron Man, literally any of the sorcerers. Probably a lot of the Wakandan stuff won't be useful to them in terms of DNA. I guess you could get the heart shape herb, but that would literally only be T'Challa. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I don't understand. You already have several functioning super soldier serums in this world. Mm-hmm. Also, we didn't get any word on Sharon Carter, so I guess she just was written as a bad character. She's just been fully abandoned. Thanks. Now we have something else to give to Captain America. My boy apparently fully just abandoned Sharon Carter for five years. Yeah. She wasn't snapped. He just left her. Cool. Thanks. Love it. Love how you're treating my guys, man. This is like, this is some bad shit. I, I looked at Kelly and I was like, this, is, uh, this isn't secret invasion. This is error invasion. Yeah. Because there's just so many continuity errors shot and to I, shot. I love how they had to fit in the bad American president who's like, oh, well, now we got to kill every Cree. We have to hunt you and kill them. Also, and it's, like, it's like he says directly, no, we know how to find you. Since when? Yeah, you don't know Since how to find when? Them? Since when do you know how to find them? Yeah. You don't know how to find you them. Have the entire point, next to you the whole time. The entire this. fucking point is that you haven't known how to find them. You don't have some scientist yes. who's like, I have a scroll detector, blah, 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 blah. That's nothing. This, he just gets on the news and he's like, we can find you. We're going to fucking kill you. Like the one thing, the one thing I liked was the, the idea that there are vigilantes shooting people thinking that they're scrolls who aren't scrolls. Yes. I was like, this is a really cool idea. We're not going to do anything with it. (laughs) We're not even going to spend more than two seconds on it as a concept because it's too scary to the Marvel method. And all of this coalesces in the scroll super chamber where, shockingly, it's not Nick Fury, it's Amelia Clark. You wouldn't believe it. Oh my god, holy shit. And she and Gravik both get turned into super scrolls, quote unquote super scrolls. Again, I emphasize anybody who likes this, go and watch Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. That has real actual super scrolls mm-hmm. who are really, really cool. You know why? Because they're not literally every superhero in the universe. Mm-hmm. That breaks the universe for, you know, obvious reasons. Yeah. And they even say it at the end of this, you've created the most powerful being in the... It's stupid. And so you have Amelia Clark, Gaia, mm-hmm. who has literally every superpower, including the ability to morph into Drax and Thanos' arms. Which mm-hmm. is so fucking dumb. It's just so First dumb. and foremost, she already had that ability. Yeah. <laughs> I hate to tell you this, she could already do that. Any place where a shapeshifter is halfway decent, if they change their size, their strength ratchets with their size, yeah. right? So if they get a big, beefy arm, it's like they have a big, beefy arm. It's not like a show where it looks like a beefy arm, but then it hits like a regular arm. It hits like a big, beefy arm. because yeah, you're building the muscle along with all the other shit. Because you're changing the fabric yes. of your body. 
And so when she makes like the Drax arm and the Thanos arm, I'm like, this is stupid. What's the fucking point of this? This is dumb. The point is the mouth breathers are like, oh my god, look, I know that movie. The I've seen that movie. movie. And and then and then we get to the point. There were so many things that I found deeply frustrating with this. So first and foremost, you got a lot of rock things here, right? They 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 make a lot of rock arms and yes. things. And I'm like, okay, is this Korg? I guess this is Korg. And then it's she turns because the thing hasn't the thing isn't yet. here. And then she turns invisible. And I'm like, well, nobody can turn invisible yeah. unless the invisible woman was there. But we don't know that. And so, are you just doing an aside to the Super Scrolls original powers, which were the Fantastic Four's powers? So he did have a rock Just arm, and he could he turn invisible. Can't do secret invasion without the fucking Fantastic. But then he would have been able to stretch, and he would have had fire. They didn't do either of those things. That was never anything that happened. But you know what did happen was very interestingly. Gaia makes a sword out of ice and or crystal. Couldn't tell what it was. Yeah. That's no one's power. I went through, I spent an hour racking my brain going through every single movie. That's no one's power. Bobby Drake is the closest you have. He's not here. Yeah. And even if you did count someone like a fucking frost giant that somehow fell on Earth or... Well, no, what I was thinking is if they have Loki's blood, he is technically a frost giant. He is technically a frost giant, but they wouldn't have Loki's blood because the last time Loki was on Earth was the Avengers. That's true. And they specifically say the Battle of Earth is when they collected all this DNA. So now you could argue Nick Fury is the kind of guy who would go out and collect DNA anywhere he could get it. So I would totally believe that he's been collecting DNA this whole time, except that they specifically cite the battle for Earth as the instance when all of this happened. And this isn't a power that anyone has. No. And I'm just sitting here like, what the fuck is happening? And then you have this stupid fight, which is stilted because they keep cutting back and forth between it and the hospital. So you can't get grounding on either scene. And the effects are terrible. It looks like shit. It's so bad. It's so bad. You can see that they're on a green screen the whole time. (laughs) Amelia Clark is basically just playing Sarah Connor again. She's just doing the Sarah Connor thing, but now she has superpowers. Mm. And because they have all the superpowers now, they have this quote-unquote big fight, which is really just like some call-outs every Mm. once in a while. A Hulk foot. Uh, She grows the mantis things at one point yeah and, and like puts them to sleep when they're in the air and... but again you would need training to use all these powers you wouldn't know how to use them innately so she wouldn't be able she would be suddenly pinned in to this psychic network that would make her brain scream like it was on fire yeah but instead she's just like sleep and it's like you didn't even see yeah. mantis do that why would you, you know, know that who that's mantis a thing? is you don't even fucking know who how would is? you know to do that this yeah. doesn't make any fucking sense and then to cap all of this off how does this whole stupid fight scene end it ends with them going nose to nose and being like i hate you and then she shoots a giant hole in him with a laser beam what was gravik's first power I'm pretty sure it was Extremis. That was where his powers really started. Yeah. What is Extremis literally made to do? It's literally for healing war veterans. Yeah. Blowing a hole in him will do nothing. (laughs) But he dies. He dies on the field. And I'm like, this is literally what it was made for. This is like if you had him turn into a giant lizard Mm -hmm. and somehow he still died as a giant lizard. Mm Mm-hmm. 
But that's the whole fucking point! <laughs> that's the whole fucking point! Why did you introduce extra mess and have it as such a key thing throughout the entire season and then just at the last minute be like, I don't know how this shit actually works. I, what is this writing? You just said it. They needed to end it. And so they're like, ah, oh, maybe they'll forget about the extremists. Yeah. And that's that's got to be what they said in the writer room. We need to end it. She's got to kill him. We'll, we'll just pretend like he never had extremists. We'll just pre- But, like, they show him healing in this episode. Yeah. It's infuriating. They have no sense of continuity from scene nope. to scene, let alone for the entire season. There's just... It goes back to that whole idea that there's not one but two episodes that end with a character being shot, and then the next episode opens with that character coming back to life. Yeah. Not once, but twice that happens. Yeah. And we're still supposed to care about Talos. I'm sitting here like, give me a body. Yeah, I, I need to see a fucking body. Yeah. And then they burn his body in the behind a house. Like, no one's going to notice that they're doing a funeral pyre behind this little cottage. Nobody, nobody's nobody going to notice. What the fuck is this shit, man? This shit it's fucking so sucks. There's no superheroes in the entire thing. Nope. There's no understanding of the Marvel Universe or how it works. You go further into destroying the character of Nick Fury by just saying... He actually never did shit. He was, was never good at his job. That did the shit. He was never good at his job. Yes. He was entirely built by his network of scrolls, and that's literally how he's only been able to do anything ever. Yes. And I'm just sitting here like, so you introduce a bunch of characters that are interesting. You're not going to explain anything about them whatsoever. Nothing. Nothing about Olivia Coleman's character. We get nothing about these characters. We get nothing about Gaia. Who is Gaia as a character? Yeah. Who is she? She started as a revolutionary, and then she came back because her dad died, but she was still angry that her dad died, so she and might she, be a bad guy. And she was a double agent, or she wasn't? She wasn't I, at one really point. Tell. She kind of decided to be a double agent, but she had second thoughts about it. And I'm just sitting here like, this sucks, man. And then also, I, this is a, something that I've been thinking about. They didn't really tap on how long Martin Freeman... They didn't tap on was how... being held. Yeah. But here's the thing with the Martin Freeman part. This movie takes place a little bit after... I believe it takes place after... Um, Wakanda Forever. The second one. Where he knows where Wakanda is. Yeah. If that was a scroll, wouldn't they be trying to infiltrate Wakanda to steal that technology? And bring down more agents in Wakanda where there's the highest level of human technology on the planet? Exactly. The most advanced... Nothing. Nothing. Because they don't think. They just write terrible... I'm convinced that at least some portion of this script was written by an AI. Because it's so bad bad and it's so nonsensical. And I've watched enough YouTubers read AI stories in my life that I can smell it. This smells like someone wrote this with an AI and then went through and did punch-up on that script. And it's terrible. It's absolutely awful. And And it's insulting to all the fans who have pushed them into this position. I shouldn't be able to make jokes like 4-0 phase 4 not found. Yeah. It's just all errors all the time. Anytime anything good is happening, unforced error. Anytime anything cool is happening, dumb idea. You know, Sam can train with the shield for five days and he's fine. He's got it. He's got it down. But if he throws it against a chair, it topples to the ground. Mm -hmm. This fucking sucks. (laughs) Do you guys understand why this sucks? Do you understand why we're angry and why this sucks? I think they understand, but they just don't give a shit. They don't care because they have a new they have a new audience. Yes. They don't care about us. No, no, no. They, like we're the ones that got the ball rolling with Iron Man and Captain America and all the OG ones in Phase One. Yeah. 
But now it just prints money with people who have no idea what the backstory is. No, and, and that's they don't know why who any of these characters are. The after the last movie where I said these aren't Marvel movies anymore; they're MCU movies. It's yeah. a different thing. Yeah, you can't even consider it Marvel because anymore. I can already hear all the the fanboys, all the real hardcore fanboys, being like, "Oh, well, the reason some of her powers were different was because those characters were at the battle for Earth, but we just don't know it yet." And Marvel's going to show us sometime down the road that, that, that in fact, the Fantastic Four was there. And that, in fact, the X-Men were there. And that's why she had some of their powers, even though literally no one else in the universe has these powers. You could argue, oh, maybe they got ghost powers from Bill Foster. Yeah, except that ghost got rid of her powers seven years ago. Yeah. When Jan healed her, because that was one of Jan's new powers. Because you don't fucking care about anything! Yeah. And that's the frustrating part, is, and we've discussed this before in, in to nauseum. You have the stories. You have the canon. There is no You don't reason. have to do anything! Yes! There's no reason to deviate. All you needed to do was a halfway decent version of the Secret Invasion story, and we would have been like, eh, you know what? At least it was better than Eternals. At least it was better mm. than the second half of Shang-Chi. You know, like, uh, maybe Marvel's going to get something right. They can do, like, these more smaller stories yeah. like like Falcon Winter Soldier was, you know, where it's just more small, secluded, more spy, more realistic, less magic. And no, <laughs> we can't even do this. We can't yeah. do anything right. And I, and I don't want to hear the excuse anymore of, well, you know, we didn't have the rights to Fantastic Four, so we had to do this. Don't do the storyline. And don't do it. Don't do fucking Skrulls. Once again, Skrulls and Fantastic Four go together like Lex Luthor and Superman. You gotta fucking have one to have the other in the at least the intro. It'd be like if you decided, oh, we're gonna do Galactus. Yes. But we're not gonna have the Silver Surfer. And we're not gonna have any of the Heralds. And we're gonna have Galactus be a cloud. A giant, I was gonna say a giant <laughs> space cloud. <laughs> But, like, I've seen versions of it done where it could be good. You know, like, I've seen a version of Galactus done where he's plugging himself into Skrullos mm -hmm. and draining every resource out of it. And there's nothing they can do because it's, it's a god. It's a yeah. celestial being just coming down and feeding on their planet. And it, I'm not saying we go back to the 60s where he's popping them like fucking potato chips, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, he, he eats planets in some way. Be creative about how he eats planets. You can do this. This isn't hard. Mm -hmm. This isn't a challenge. If you're smart, you can go back through, I don't know, the last 70 years of canon and kind of find a way to do these stories well. And instead you're saying, don't even worry about the canon. Just write, we don't fucking care. Yeah. We, we just don't, we don't Which fucking care. we know care. they've said that. Yeah. About, was it this show they said that? They oh, yeah, said that show. about this show and they pretty much showed it in She-Hulk that they really don't oh, yeah, care. Oh, yeah, they don't give a fuck. Because that, that was a bit, but I think there was a lot of truth in that bit mm -hmm. of we don't care, we trust the machine, the machine says to do this. Yeah. And I did not like the show at all. I really had that feeling and of honestly, like... honestly, the first two episodes, the tone kind of had me a little bit. I still didn't like them. I didn't think they were good, but I felt something like that kind of um, Winter Soldier vibe a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so I had the smallest hope. Yeah. And then it just went so south so fast. I was just so frustrated the whole time watching it yeah. of just like from Nick Fury saying the most ridiculous things. 
to just this idea of the defeated Nick Fury. Mm-hmm. I've seen Nick Fury run the Secret Invasion on numerous occasions, and I've never seen a more humdrum, hangdog Nick Fury yeah. than I have here. Even when he suited up, quote unquote, suited up. That was stupid. That's so fucking, fucking stupid, and I'm so. I'm not sorry. I'm sick of this. Marvel's whole thing is you get six episodes and you don't get the costume until the end of episode five. Yeah. This blows. You have to understand that this sucks for us. Yeah. That the reason we're watching the show is for the superhero stuff and you've decided to go the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. variety where there's as little superhero stuff as possible. Just like the barest, just minimum amount of superhero stuff to remind you that, oh, wait, Captain America exists in this universe. Thor exists in this universe space travel exists aliens these aren't the first aliens we've seen on the planet i'm so sick of waiting i'm so sick of sitting here being like why aren't we doing x why aren't we doing x when you were getting started marvel i was like okay take your time figure Mm -hmm. it out get your footing find what you want to do and do it well and you know i get it you're not going to do some really ambitious characters early on i still say thor the bad thor would be better if it had the fucking wrecking crew in it and that was, like, the whole plot was that Loki had somehow imbued these four humans and they were going to break into mm-hmm. Asgard and break him out or something. That would have been better than this shit. And now we're so far into this goddamn fucking sinkhole and they're still pussyfooting around and not actually taking chances on anything and it just fucking sucks. Yeah. I'm tired of it. And the thing that blew my mind also is this mostly takes place in London. Yeah. Which didn't... Thor, the Dark Thor, that's where the Dark Elves appeared and destroyed most of London. And then in Eternals, that's where the, uh, what do you call them? The The Deviants. The Deviants first, like, reappear and attack a lot. And people are still looking at these scrolls, and it's like, oh my god. It's like, dude, forget about this other shit that happened? How haven't we gotten to a, a movie that is kind of like the Marvel version of RoboCop? Where there's like commercials for superhero insurance and yes. other things yes. interceded within the story. Like, how are we still plotting along? I mean, that was the whole point thing. for the Sokovian affair. Yeah. Or, or Accords was that the superhero thing was happening so much everywhere and they were destroying so many things that they needed to rail them in. Yeah. But even that meant nothing because Tony didn't have Peter sign it. Mm. So even that meant just absolutely nothing even in the moment tony puts up a big speech about how important this is and how we all need to adhere to it and then he immediately breaks it with a 14 year old boy i look at uh civil war and that's the reason i actually didn't like that movie i know a lot of people liked it because i love the civil war storyline and they just fucked it up so much yeah like it was completely screwed and i don't think most people realize it because they've never read the comic it's like you read the fuck comic well, when they finally seriously fucked up, when they finally expose Peter's identity at the end of Far From Home, I'm like, who fucking cares? Yeah, dude takes his mask off. Yeah, all the fucking time. Yeah, of course people figured out who he is. He recorded a video of himself going to the fight in Germany. Mm-hmm. You don't think his phone can't get hacked? What in the world makes you think his phone can't get hacked? This fucking yeah. child, this fucking idiot child, is of course. Played by the boy who would actually post this kind of shit online. I hate it. This is why I hate it. It's so bad. The universe has just morphed into this thing that I recognize in the worst way. Of like, ugh, this is what we're doing. Now when I hear we're doing Simon Williams, I'm like, oh, they're going to fuck it up. 
They're gonna fuck it oh, up. Oh, they're absolutely gonna fuck it up. And I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it if we're gonna fuck it and, up. And the and as much as I I currently despise this man, I have to agree with Bob Iger where he's like, they're doing too much and it's just saturating everything and making it shit. Yeah, that's exactly what they're like. Oh, we gotta do more storylines, more storylines. Let's fucking just make shit up and it's like, how about you take a pause, do what. What was the, what was the game? Assassin's Creed when they took when they used to do every year. Then they took a couple years off because the game started to suck, and then they came back with a solid game. It's like take a little time, kind of regroup, and get a vision going forward that isn't shit. Do you remember one of the only things that was quote unquote good about twenty twenty was that it made Marvel put a full stop. On everything. Oh, yeah. We were all so fucking sick of Marvel going into 2020. No one was really looking forward to Black Widow. No one was really excited about any of these things that were happening. Yep. I certainly wasn't. I was done. Even something like WandaVision that I would have been excited for five years earlier, I was fucking just done. I didn't care. Mm-hmm. And then the pandemic happened and everything got paused. And so when stuff did start coming back, you were like, oh, what are we going to do? And then it just sucked. Yeah. And then the problem was that it fucking sucked. So you got to do that, but orchestrate it, put a full pause on everything. I mean everything. You can have yes. face characters in the park and sell toys and make cartoons. And that's it. Everything else has most, to pause. I mean, other than the, somehow they still make money, the stupid Marvel movies. The Flash made less money than yeah. Green Lantern did. It's like superhero movies are starting to bomb because they're making... It's way oversaturated. Yeah. And with all the TV shows and everything, it's just too fucking much. Yeah. And I hope people realize it with Barbie and Oppenheimer that they're crushing right now because they're different. Yeah. Like, um, Indy did shit. Flash did shit. Um, Mission Impossible did shit. And it's like, because it's the same fucking movies. Mm-hmm. The reason those two, and I don't think it's discussed enough, the reason why Barbie and Oppenheimer did so great is because they were different. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I think most people have gotten it almost like a robot brain where they see, they hear Marvel, they hear Star Wars, they hear fucking DC, and they're like, oh, well, we have to go see it. It's like, no, you don't, because yeah. it's shit, and that's the problem. It's like Madden. People see Madden. I pre-ordered it this year because I'm fucking stupid. It's going to be a shit about game. I've thought about it simply because Josh Allen is on the cover. Yeah. That's, oh, it's going to suck. That's almost literally the only reason is because it would finally have a Bills team that would be good. Yeah. It would have all the uniform options that I've wanted them to have and Josh Allen would be on the cover. Yeah. I'm like, okay. The game's still going to suck. It sucks. That's the thing. It has sucked every fucking year since they got the exclusive rights, which was 2006. And that's why I haven't bought it. Yeah. I, I haven't bought a Madden game I think the last version of Madden that I bought Odell Beckham on the cover as a giant. Oh, that was a while ago. Yeah. Yeah, that was a while ago. I think that was the last Madden game I bought. That was a PS3, I think, still. I I have it for the PS4. But that's the thing. It's like, people like me are still fucking stupid with shit like that. Because I know it's going to be bad. And I'm still fucking getting it anyways because I have the hope. Yeah. And that's what Marvel and all these fuckers are doing. Because we still, you and I, even though... We hate them, and they've been shit for so long. I think deep down we still have a, a tiny glimmer of hope well, you, that it'll be good. You look at Across the Spider-Verse. When it's good, it's everything you want. Yes. There's tiny little jokes all over the place for you to kind of dig out and find what they are. You have all these moments where you're looking at stuff, and you're like, oh, and, uh, and, that, oh, and that guy, oh, wow. Mm. And 
you have all those moments that as a core fan mm-hmm. you're like oh i see what they're doing i get that i you know i know that the band is called the mary janes not just because it says it on the drums mm-hmm. but i know to look on the drums for the mary janes and to see that it's there and to be happy that it's there mm-hmm. you know like that's fucking great you could have changed the name of the band to the thwips or something stupid you know but like you didn't you did the right thing and so often now the big canon Marvel shows and movies mm. are just not doing that. I don't want to see the Marvels at this point. No. What am I going to get out of the Marvels that is going to be better or different than anything Which, else? honestly, that might be the first Marvel movie since this show started that I, we're not going to see in the theater. I'm really trying to convince myself to see it in the theater because I've literally seen every Marvel movie in the yeah, theater. everyone. Literally every single one, and I don't want this to be the first one that I miss, but at the same time, I look at this movie and so I'm just bad. like... Why am I going to do this? Yeah. Why would I do this? Why would I go through with this? This yeah. is just going to make me crazy and frustrated and sad. And even if that's entertaining for other people to listen to, which it is, and yeah. that's why we're doing yeah, the show. That's true. That's true. At some point, is it enough? Is that enough? Is that enough of a well, reason? And it's funny to see. To me, this feels like there has been that shift to where you used to have executives that didn't want to make superhero movies because they didn't understand the comics and they thought it was for kids. Yeah. Now you have executives that want to make superhero movies because they make money, but they don't give a shit about the stories because they're superheroes and they, they still, are made for kids. They still don't, they fundamentally don't understand the exact same yes. thing. They're just on board because they see it as an opportunity exactly. to make money. And I, I go back to that, I, I can't, I love the dude, Ryan George, who does the, the pitch meetings. And, his executive is exactly it. Because where he's like, that doesn't make any sense. Why well, it makes money. It makes money. Oh, I, well, like money. I like money. Yes. And it's like, that totally is it. Yeah. You know that's what goes on in these boardrooms. Yeah. It's like, well, why is this tree guy and his arms come out and there's a raccoon? Because it'll make money and we can sell toys. Oh, let's do it. Yeah. I don't give a shit what the story is. Just fucking put that on the screen. I was thinking about that earlier, too. The idea that there was a time... I guess it still happens, but but when I was a kid, it was not uncommon for there to be a lot of alternate costumes, so you had a bunch of toys you could sell. So yes. even though Batman only wore this for one episode where the Penguin had a, an ice cave and mm-hmm. whatever, you can still buy a toy that's like underwater deep dive Batman. I, I look at a lot of the decisions in movies these days under that lens. The fucking goose, the cat, is that. That's all it is. It's an alternate costume. It's an opportunity to make Funko Pops and plush dolls and fucking oh. fill landfills. And it makes me so mad because... And it's comic relief and it ruins canonical characters. And like it Nick just Fury. destroys everything in its path. Yeah. Both literally, metaphorically, and in the real world. Yeah. And I, I just... I am so sad that this is how Disney has decided to go. And you can always see it every time a new Disney Pixar... Marvel, Star Wars, there's always a cute something that they're going to have in it. You know, I don't know if it started with Baby Group, but that's definitely where it really took off. Mm-hmm. And it's, I guess BB-8 was really where Disney got their their taste for it. Yeah. Of like, this is a cute thing. People will buy stuff for cute things. Let's put a cute thing in literally everything. Yeah. Well, my son, the whole reason he wanted to watch Force Awakens was because of BB-8. Yeah. Because he built a fucking BB-8 for a million dollars in Disney when we were there. Yeah. And it's, I'll be honest, I think this writer and actor strike is going to fundamentally change some things. I really hope so. Because 
there's also all the blowback now because now Disney is raising the price of Disney Plus. I saw that. And people are like, okay, Iger, you're saying you can't pay your actors and you can still make $27 million a year, and but now you got to raise the price of Disney Plus. And Hulu. Hulu's going oh, and up Hulu, like, that's right. Hulu's going up like 4 or $5. It's going up a lot. It's going yeah. up to 18 Which the only reason I currently have Hulu right now is just because of what we do in the shadows. Mm-hmm. The second that show, the final episode of the season's done, I'm canceling the fucking yeah. thing because it is. The price is just yeah. ridiculous. I, I have held on to a lot of these subscription packages mm. for a long time. I give them to my family as kind of Christmas and other presents. As I, I have a login that I give people, and that way they have access to Netflix and Max and all these other I'm things. I'm still shocked. Let me try to log into Max and see if Al still has it. It still logs in, yeah. but I was like, I'm waiting for that day. I try to log in, and it says sign in. I'll be like, oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I've been carrying around a lot of these subscriptions yeah. because, I, you know, I find them valuable. Yeah. And I use them a lot. Disney, you are finding that line where, like, Netflix yeah. did it, too. Where I'm going to start going to the family and saying, listen, yeah. I don't mind having these, but people are going to have to start pitching in because this is getting to be too expensive for me to budget yeah. 200 $300 for streaming services a month. No, I can't do that. We haven't had Netflix for a while. No one gives a shit in my household. Mm-hmm. The only reason we keep Disney Plus is my daughter loves watching some princess stuff on. yeah my son doesn't really need a streaming service because he just watches youtube when he gets a chance or we'll watch movies like star wars i own them so we just watch them like that hulu once again i only have it paramount plus that's the only one i care about just because of star trek yeah but honestly once strange new worlds is done which is done now i might cancel it just because there's nothing until the next season and that could be two years from now yeah so it's like, I really don't need a streaming service. Honestly, the only reason I might, if you do ever get rid of Max, might keep it is because I believe Doctor Who is now going to stream new episodes on Max. Mm. But who knows whenever the fuck Doctor Who's coming back because they keep showing trailers for these new specials, but we have got no date. Yeah. And I want to murder fucking people because I'm like, give me a fucking month at least to know when these specials are supposed to start. That David Tennant one was supposed to come out in November. Is that not... There's three... I think it's three movies that are going to start David Tennant and um, Donna. Mm -hmm. And there's never been a fuck... Like, they keep showing these trailers for them. But they're never showing a date. Yeah. And I'm like, and I look up, I'll type in Doctor Who next episode. Oh, well, the new Doctor's supposed to start, like, in the, I believe there's supposed to be a Christmas episode this year that the new Doctor takes over. But it's like, okay, so we're running out of months in between then to show these three fucking movies. Yeah. When are you going to fucking do it? When is this going to happen? God, when was that final episode with Jodie Whittaker? That was That was a while Eve. ago. I think it was a New Year's Eve episode. So it's like, dude, it's been fucking months. And yeah. this shit has been done. They've yeah. said the episodes are done. What, what are, are we you waiting do? for? No, I agree. Honestly, the thing we watch the most at this point is Dropout, mm. which did, did announce that they're going to continue to make content. They got the okay from SAG to continue to make content as an independent contractor, mm. and uh, they aren't crossing picket lines or anything, so they can do their own thing still. And it's mud in the eye of Iger and the others because mm. they are the one streaming service that can continue to make new content. Mm-hmm. And uh, all the other ones are still just trying to feed off of whatever they have <sighs> in the tank until they run out of stuff and see what happens. Although I have started hearing more and more about TikTokers scabbing and going to movie executives oh, and being like, that. "Oh, I'll, I'll do a show. Yeah, I'll give me a show. I'll do a show." Yeah. 
Because they can always say, well, it's a reality show. Yeah. It's like, no, it's not. It's fucking scabbing. You're scabbing. You're absolutely scabbing. Oh, well. Anyway. That was a good rant. That was a good rant to end to our show. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was episode one of Nine of NerdPod Generations. We really hope you enjoyed it. We really hope you come back and listen to us next week and listen to our back catalog. And make sure to subscribe to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and give us a good old like for all the episodes you listen to. Or a dislike, but let us know why you disliked it. Yeah. If you want to know a little bit more about us, you could find me fucking nowhere right now, but you can find <laughs> Alan. You can find me at JetsumStudios.org under the Bronx Division tab, which is our current home until the new home is created. Yeah, we have we have a, a domain. We just need to get some artwork finalized hopefully soon and then build a website and then hopefully by, say, I'd say the holidays, yeah. we have an up and running nerd, nerdpodgen.com yeah. website. That'll be it. That'll that be the, be us. That'll be the new home base. Yeah. See, we'll start recording the show, put up video versions of it or I something. I think that'd be fucking awesome. Yeah, why not? I'm all on board with that. Yeah. Anyway, until next time, friends and enemies, <sighs> need a nap. we'll be distracted as always. Yes. <laughs>